Welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter podcast for the, what is it, the 12th day of January 2023. Yes, I've gotten your emails apparently the last couple of days. I've said it's 2022. I just kind of wish it was 2022. Wasn't 2022 just a blast? No? Yeah, no. Look, hell, I'm, I still have to look at the freaking computer to find out what day it is. So... And that's on a good day. The fact that I'm even able to remember that, uh, you know, the world exists is something I think I deserve credit for, to be perfectly honest with you. Anyway, what I also deserve credit for is giving away autographed books. And I'm trying to. I'm trying to give you a Mike Lee signed book or one of mine. And I don't understand. If you want a signed book plate or something, I'll happily send you a book plate. Not sure why anybody wastes. A, I mean, you can buy my book for like ten bucks on Amazon. Anyway, go to patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. I really don't understand why anybody, you're very nice, but I don't get it. I don't. I mean, I'm me. I live with me. I get away from me. If you want to take over from me? You're welcome to the bills. Still got to pay on the bills for the girls going to the uh, emergency room back in Michigan back in August. So. Yeah, you're welcome to it. But I'll sign a book. I'll sign whatever you want, and I'll write whatever you want. It just makes it seems weird because who the hell wants my autograph? My kids can't even, you know, they look at me and go, "What? Are you? You're not special." And I go, "I know, right?" And so I'm certainly no Mike Lee, but it's your choice. Who am I to judge? Patreon.com/slash Derek Hunter Podcast or Derek Hunter.locals.com. Check it out. All sorts of stuff. There's a poll at the Patreon site as well, although that's. Like it'll take a long, a lot of people flooding that to, to change the outcome there. Uh, and anyway, let's just uh, get enough about me. God, I hate talking about myself like that. Let us get started with the program. We have a, a lot going on. There's a bunch of stuff to talk about. But yeah, Joe Biden is back. He went down to Mexico. The devil went down to Georgia and Joe Biden went down to Mexico. They decided to split up the territory. You know, two guys doing the same work able to do it uh, twice as efficiently or whatever, however you want to look at it. And uh, he's down there. God, there's a, just a couple of things. I, I was, we'll get to what the Mexican president said. I never... He thanked Joe Biden for... Again, I'm giving it away. I'll tell you what I got. You're going to have to wait until Christmas morning to open your Christmas presents, but let me tell you what I got you for Christmas. He thanked Joe Biden for not building any more wall. And, and Democrats are viewing this as, well, it's a wonderful thing. Very progressive. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he doesn't want the fentanyl stopped in Mexico. He already got enough trouble with the, the cartels fighting and, and beating his military, or at a minimum, beating, taking the military to a, a stalemate. God, could you imagine drug cartels, guys doing it for pay, goons, monsters, doing it for pay, being able to beat your military. Like, how weak does your military have to be for that to be? Anyway, we will get into that and a whole bunch more. But first, I want to talk about, of course, the document scandal. It is um, a shocking bit of reality that the President of the United States mishandled gleefully 
willy-nilly. He used it just like toilet paper, essentially. Classified materials. It is an outrage and an impeachable offense. It's treason. He was probably trying to sell these documents to the Chinese, for all we know. Actually, the deal, Penn, (laughs) U-Penn, really did see a massive, massive increase of uh, donations from the communist Chinese once they started the Biden Center. It's a nice way to money launder. You know that Joe Biden was making a million dollars a year? to head the Biden Center and for his honorary professorship. He's still, in the clip I'm going to play you, he's still lying about having been a professor at Penn. He was never a professor at Penn. It was an honorary title. It's like getting a an honorary doctorate. You know, you're some actor, you're some comedian, you're whatever. You, oh, the university wants you to give the commencement address and they'll give you an honorary degree, an honorary doctorate. And you go, okay, great. From that moment forward, everyone, including my children, must refer to me as doctor because I have a, P- a piece of paper that says I have a PhD. Forget the honorary part. I've got it. It's weird how some there are some people who do that. <laughs> it's just gross. And I'm not talking about Dr. Jill Biden. She semi sort of earned her. Well, she didn't really earn her degree. But they gave she went to school for it, at least that. But uh, Joe got his professorship that way. He's honorary. Never had to do it. Hell, I'd be an excellent honorary professor. I, I could not show up with the best of them. I think I could not show up really better than anybody else, if we're being honest. <laughs> Certainly. I, I have not been a college professor my whole life already, and uh, I've done so fairly successfully. Now, you pay me a million bucks a year, and I would double down on the not showing up like you wouldn't believe. But they gave him an office. They gave him an office and created the Penn Biden Center for running interference for Chinese communists. Maybe they didn't publicize that title, but that title was the truth nonetheless because the Penn Biden Centers expressly did not criticize China because, again... Penn got $100 million. They got the money tripled, actually, from communist China once they started the Biden Center. And the uh, Hunter Biden emails, we now know we're talking about the Penn Biden Center, as being like the Clinton Global Initiative without the need to fundraise. Why the hell would you not need the fundraise? Joe Biden was given this honorary position. See, most people thought Joe Biden was going to retire. He was slipping, senile, and uh, not particularly liked by Democrats. So they thought, well, we'll just throw him a bone. We'll give him the gold watch. A million dollars a year is a lot of money to you and me. But to the left, when they're throwing money around, Joe Biden actually kind of got the short end of the stick there. Other look, the, the Obamas got $100 million. Joe gets a million? The Obamas get $100 million. So you see how that works out. Because, of course, society is is built on white supremacy, obviously. But they were kind of expecting him to fade into the sunset. They had a whole bunch of hopefuls. And if they really wanted an old white guy, they had Bernie Sanders sitting there on the sidelines. So they were giving him a nice, polite send-off. Would that we could all get that kind of nice, polite send-off.
And uh, the Biden team, being the Biden team, looked for ways to immediately monetize this for themselves. And nothing wrong with that per se. The real problem with that is they pretend that they are wildly altruistic and nice, loving people who only care about the children or what have you. They do not. They're bad people. They're greedy people. They're, I don't have a problem with greed per se. Again, it's the lying about the greed that I have the problem with. So Hunter and his pals are like, no, this is going to be like the Clinton Global Initiative, except we won't have to raise money. Why wouldn't they have to raise money? Because they were already in bed and in business with the Chinese communists. The Chinese communists were looking for ways to give them more money that uh, to get more influence because, like I said before, you play the long con in international relations. You start buying off potential 2020 future Democrat kids long before they're in position to do it. So in 2017, the Chinese communists are looking for ways to shove a bunch of money to the Bidens that can necessarily avoid the obvious thing when Joe Biden puts his tax returns out there. Um, they'd say, hey, this is, why'd you get $100 million from the Chinese, or a million dollars from the Chinese communists? Well, if you launder that through UPenn, you don't have to do that. So you up your donations. You up your donations. You get the added bonus of uh, the the pres or the uh, vice president, former vice president, saying nice things about you and your oppressive government, or at least not saying bad things about you. They did a lot of complaining about Russia and Iran at the Biden Center, but not where genocide was currently being committed. It's weird. It's weird how that worked. And so uh, you get that for the very very small price, a hundred million dollars. They gave Hunter what was it one point three billion dollars when. When Joe was vice president, to play with, to invest, they didn't want to give him that much, but they wanted to keep some irons in the fire just in case Joe decided to run in 2020. And it paid off. It's like buying $100,000 worth of lottery tickets. It's a big risk, but you know maybe you'll win $1.3 billion. <clears throat> that does come a point, by the way, with the lottery. Like There are 350 million possible combinations. Like, well, the... The jackpot's $1.35 billion. Could you buy, wouldn't you, if you had the $350 million-ish, whatever, wouldn't you buy one of every number combination? You're guaranteed to get that. And I, Uncle Sam takes a cut and everything. But uh, you'll still come out ahead, provided nobody else does it. I think somewhere around the $2 billion market's worth taking a, a shot and a flyer and just buying every single combination to guarantee yourself a victory and, if one other person hits it, good on you. And if two other people hit it, well, God hates you. you just come to terms with that. But uh, <laughs> I don't think God's involved. I know God's God ain't listening to my prayers anyway when it comes to lottery numbers. So I don't think, I'm not sure God's involved in that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Anyway, the Biden Center was a big money laundering scam. It was a big money laundering adventure for Hunter. I wanted to just be like the Clinton Global Initiative, which again, if you remember, Saudi Arabia gave ten million dollars to, for example. Why would Saudi Arabia give why would Saudi Arabia uh, Saudi Arabia is a country? The the family running Saudi Arabia, if they wanted to do charitable work, they could just do it themselves. But they gave ten million dollars expressly for the dispersal, the distribution of 
mosquito netting in sub-Saharan Africa. Now, just, uh, you don't have to be a, a geography major to recognize that the Middle East is just above Africa, and uh, sub-Saharan Africa is just below the Middle East. And if you wanted to distribute $10 million worth of mosquito nettings to curb the spread of malaria, you don't need to send $10 million through New York to do it, right? Pretty sure you'd go to Amazon.Saudi uh, Arabia or whatever the hell it is over there, throw in uh, uh, 100,000 a million mosquito nets and uh, put your credit card information, probably going to be an Amex black card, it would be my guess, and you just order those things. You don't need a charitable quote-unquote organization that takes about 80 to 90% of their donations in administrative costs and travel of its executives, all coincidentally named Clinton. They don't need that unless you're trying to curry favor with the Clintons. Well, those donations were made before 2016 and then suddenly dried up after 2017. It's so weird how these countries who cared deeply stopped caring deeply after Hillary Clinton had nothing left to sell them. But Joe Biden had something to sell them. And so the Chinese communists were throwing money at them. They also, maybe, who knows, since the media does not mind wild speculation when it comes to Republicans, let's just play a game of wild speculation when it comes to Democrats, just for fun, just for gits and shiggles, if you will, if you can reverse those letters and figure it out what I'm talking about. The, uh, the Chinese communists want access to certain things, documents, shall we say, so if they're going to set by proxy through a university, clearly no university is a big fan of the United States of America, especially administrators. They want to get access to personal papers, all sorts of other things, communications. There's still, I imagine there's email set up for Joe. There are computers given to Joe, or do you think Joe remembers his passwords? No. If Joe is ever to touch a computer, that computer will have had pre-entered into it all the passwords necessary to uh, allow him to check whatever it is and whatever he does, because he's not going to be able to, to enter that information. And then you get a specific computer for that office that you've set up. He's gone in once or twice. All that stuff is entered in there. Somebody who knows what they're doing when they are uh, a computer expert, cyber espionage, would be able to retrieve those passwords. And suddenly you've got unfettered access to... Everything, all the communication that Joe does. Now, you're not going to probably get classified information because aside from Hillary Clinton setting up her own server, and I don't, can't imagine anybody doing that again, nobody being as corrupt as the Clintons, you're going to get things that are discussed that you're not classified, but you don't want the enemies of the United States to know. Mostly retroactively, but still getting retroactive information does help you understand the bureaucratic state and what to expect going forward. So you've just uncorked a bottle of Biden, provided he's not in on it. You've uncorked a bottle of Biden. Joe Biden, the vice president, former vice presidents do not get the kind of Secret Service protection that the former presidents do. In fact, after six months, I don't think they get any. So there is no security 
in Joe Biden's office. You could go in there dressed as a janitor, use a computer pretty much every night and all the time on weekends. Since Joe never really went in there more than a couple of times over the ensuing years, there's not much risk of anybody coming in. If the boss never shows up to work and never really does anything except sign fundraising letters and give two speeches a year for his million dollars, how uh, diligently do you think that the uh, couple of employees there, your secretary that you don't need, how often do you think they're really busting their hump inside the office? Probably not very often. And when they are there, do you think they're really paying attention to the fact that things have been physically moved around or changed? Probably not. And then lo and behold, you find that there are classified documents classified documents in with all the other things that joe has moved in there that you would have found interesting the classified documents you find indispensable wildly wildly important see you have information on ukraine classified information on ukraine classified information on iran classified information on russia now if you are china you'd be able to leverage that information pretty easily, pretty quickly against the United States without any problem. You're not, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. They're not necessarily your good friend. You're going to hang out on the weekend. But if you need something, say Russia's thinking about invading Ukraine, you've got all that information, that treasure trove of information. You can help them out. And guess what you get in return? You get an exclusive deal to buy Russia's oil when the world stops. Now, you get it at a price, too. You get it at a good price. You begin to see the mutual backscratching society for what it is. It's all, of course, conjecture, conspiracy, what have you. But it's all within the realm of possibility. A realm of possibility that our friends in the liberal media cannot fathom will not entertain and will not countenance the entertaining of. And our president poo-poos because he was, in fact, asked about this in Mexico. There was, believe it or not, there was one question, one question, one qu no follow-ups, nothing, but one question about this. Joe Biden lied repeatedly in his answer about basic things. And uh, they all kind of just let it go. It's over. This scandal, for the most part, unless they find more or something new comes out, you will likely not hear about this from anybody who isn't a Republican. Just being honest with you. It's sad to say it's true. So Joe Biden is down in Mexico. He's meeting with uh, President Obrador of Mexico. And he's asked about these documents. He's asked about this obvious problem. It should be a problem. If it's a, honestly, it shouldn't be a problem. But it is a problem because Democrats, and maybe if there's a theme of today's show, it is be careful what you wish for and or you take a big dose of your own medicine. Because we're going to get to Democrats being kicked off of various committees in the, the House the way that they did Republicans. Democrats are like, I swear to God, they, they're they very good at the long con. But when it comes to consequences that they themselves don't want to face, they can't think past, I don't know, next Tuesday. They just don't get it. 
It goes back to Harry Reid. We need to get rid of the filibuster for nominees. Well, gee, Harry, do you think we're going to forever be the majority here? Or maybe, just maybe, we might want to think this through a little bit before we uh, go ahead and kneecap ourselves. No, no, no interest in, in something like that. What could possibly go wrong? We'll, we'll be young and, and forever and, and successful forever. We'll be the majority for, and then next election, done. It's just, uh, it seems to be where they live. Well, Joe Biden was asked about this, like I said. The question was, what's the difference here? And did you mishandle classified? There's no question that he mishandled classified information. Except for the fact that he could just say, look, I didn't, I was vice president of the United States. I didn't pack up my own office. I didn't put things in boxes. I didn't have anything to do with that. Give me a break. Except to say that would be to allow for the same fact about Donald Trump. If the vice president, somebody who you know can't master tinker toys and had no real portfolio, once uh, the Biden administration, the Obama administration realized that Joe was selling his uh, portfolio, well, his son was out there selling his portfolio and he got that job at Burisma and everything. They kind of scaled back what Joe's responsibilities were. So he had nothing but a lot of time on his hands. There's a possibility he did pack up his own office, except for his own arrogance would never allow him to do that. But the president of the United States, sure as hell, didn't pack up his own office. But if he starts saying, look, I didn't pack it up. I don't know what people stuck in boxes. Mistakes happen. What are you going to do? That kneecaps the whole argument that Democrats have been dining out on about the problems for Donald John Trump the whole time, doesn't it? It screws him over. So he can't make that argument. Instead, he just lost. I mean, not that Joe Biden would be quick enough on his feet to be able to make that argument. But I will point out that what you're about to hear the president say most of it He's reading, which means his lawyers wrote this statement for him. It is a uh, wholly unsatisfying statement filled with lies that we'll get to after you hear him make it. But the question was, you know, what's the difference and did you mishandle classified information? Well, let me get rid of the easy one first. People know I take classified uh documents and classified information seriously. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box, in a locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. And they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives, immediately called the archives, turned them over to the archives, and I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've, my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. I've turned over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives, and we're cooperating fully, cooperating fully with the review, and which I hope will be finished soon, and uh, there'll be more detail at that time. Okay, 
Let's go through the lies, shall we? How do we BS today? Let us count the ways. First of all, you got to love the way, the premise. He said, everybody knows I take these things, classifications seriously. Why? Who? Why? Are these the same people who called you lunch bucket Joe and middle class Joe? Because nobody called you lunch bucket Joe or middle class Joe. Nobody knows you take anything very seriously. You're the one who outed SEAL Team 6 as the group who killed Osama bin Laden, putting their lives and their families' lives forever at risk, but certainly at elevated risk in the immediate aftermath of that raid. You're the one. That was classified material, and you you blabbed about it. So uh, we don't know that you take these things seriously. What we do know is that you really do like to brag about things a lot. And you're not particularly discerning about what information you use to brag about how important you think you are. It is a sign of your wild insecurity. It's insecurity coupled with unbridled arrogance, which is a weird combination and a dangerous combination because Uh, People like you will do and say and use anything to glorify themselves, to make themselves seem way more important than they are, which is weird because you've had a job that's jobs that were important. But it's also an indication that part of you knows that you were a fraud the entire time and you're terrified that people were going to find out about it, people were going to catch on, and therefore you had to inflate your uh, ego, inflate your accomplishments lie in other words that's part of the problem okay so nobody knows you take this stuff seriously then it's kind of funny he then says that uh, you pen set up a secure office for him in the capital the pen biden center was not located in the capital it was located in an office building it's not the capital So there was no security. See, if you say it was a secure office in the Capitol, former vice presidents, former anybody's don't get offices in the Capitol. Having worked in the U.S. Capitol, I promise you, there are, there's a lot of space. It's a big building. Don't get me wrong. But when you've got 535 members of Congress over there, plus, you know, the majority leader, minority leader and speaker and minority leader in the House and their staffs and everything. Those offices get accounted for pretty quickly. In the United States Senate, I'm not sure how it works in the House, but in the United States Senate, there are members based on seniority. Maybe they all have something, not much bigger than a closet, but they have what are called hideaway offices for when they're doing votes, votoramas and things, and there's a vote every 10 minutes. It can take 15 minutes to walk back and forth from the Capitol to your office. So if you're you're voting every 10 minutes or you just want to be left alone, you you uh, you have a little small office. It's it's a mini fridge. It's a desk. It's a TV. It's a bathroom. And uh, they're just off uh, the, the floor of the Senate. Some of them are pretty nice. Ted Kennedy had one that had a balcony that overlooked the mall. It was the former, I think it was the former speaker's house or, uh, or former majority leader's house or office from way back in the day. And then other ones, they just kind of threw up walls and uh, put place in there. I used to go and sneak into Senator Burns' office on occasion, his hideaway, usually when we were out of session. And uh, 
maybe try and sleep off a hangover. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I could be misremembering. That doesn't sound like something I would do. What? But there are no offices externally up there on Capitol Hill, with the exception of media offices. They have a gallery, media gallery, and you want to talk about closets where these people literally, I have broad shoulders. My shoulders, I could probably stretch them out and hit both sides of these little things. Think of it as like a, the amount of space you have in a gun range cut in half in those stalls. It's just enough room for a laptop and a phone. But it's not secure. There's nothing secure up there for civilians. Once you're no longer vice president, you're a civilian. So that's a lie. His office was not on the Capitol. And the secure, they set up a secure office for him. There's no secure office at the Penn Biden Center. No secure office whatsoever. Now, was there security? Maybe a pass card thing to get into the building itself? The whole building was not the Ben, uh, the Biden Penn Center. I'm sure there is. There are all kinds. Every place I've ever worked in Washington, D.C., they had a little scan card where you just go blip and you, you get into the office. They know you're coming and going. You know who else has the ability to come and go? The janitorial staff. You know who doesn't go through significant or really any, maybe a criminal background check, but no extensive security background check to be a janitor janitors in those buildings not in secure facilities so these documents were not on the capitol grounds they were not in a secure facility he said well they were in a locked cabinet or a closet well there's a difference between the two but in any event either one of those locks could be picked I have picked locks before with toenail clippers, the little scrapey thing. I have picked locks before with um, hair clips. I have picked locks with paper clips. Not an expert at it. Took an exceedingly long time. Did it by dumb luck. And if you sit there and you jam these things around in these locks long enough, you too can unlock them. Why? How? Because they're not designed to not be picked by somebody who knows what they're doing. They're simply not. Government ones that are housing secure documents have locking mechanisms that also require different scanners. There's all sorts of security protocols. But an office for some pseudo think tank off of Capitol Hill for a washed up former vice president, do you really think they're going to drop a huge sum of money to secure documents when he claims he didn't even know he had any classified documents. So you're just looking at what? His little doodles that he did in various meetings that are not classified? No, I don't think they're going to do that. Then he says his lawyers, his lawyers were going through his papers. Was his, do his lawyers have security clearance? Are these government lawyers? Why would official government lawyers that we're paying for be packing up Joe Biden's private citizen office? We're not as, they're not as, uh, we're not paying for his henchmen. He'd have to pay for that out of his own pocket. These would have to be his own personal lawyers. Now, it seems a little bit weird to have lawyers pack up your office. That's an expensive thing, even if it were government lawyers. Wouldn't you just send, hey, uh, executive assistant or low-level staffer or whatever, will you go pack up my office for me? 
that seems to be the way that it would be done. And then you have to ask the question, why two years into the Biden administration are they finally getting around to packing up this office? What the hell was going on in the last two years? Why was it not packed up then? Why were these documents just sitting around? Again, you have to believe them when they say there were only about 10 documents. I don't believe a word these people say. But why would you send lawyers to do this unless there's something there you don't want a normal person who doesn't have attorney-client privilege with you to see? I would think, wouldn't you? No, I'm just being devil's advocate here. I'm just asking questions. You're still allowed to ask questions for now, and I think it's important to ask these questions. Seems odd to send lawyers. It's like saying, we're moving this weekend. Oh, do you want some help moving? No, no, no. We hired lawyers to come over at uh, 250 to $500 an hour to uh, pack up for us and move stuff around. Oh, by the way, Joseph Robinette Biden left office on January 20th, 2017. The Biden Center didn't open till 14 months, I think it was later, in early 2018. While Joe says these documents were locked in a cabinet or a closet or whatever, they were secure, the secure where were they for that little over a year? What is the chain of custody? Again, something not being a journalist, it's weird how I can come up with these questions that seemingly a journalist would have. Any real journalist would go, wait a second, I have some questions, Mr. President. But there aren't any of those in the White House press corps. Lastly, the president said that he was briefed about it and his lawyers advised or he didn't ask about what the content of the documents were because of his lawyers. That's weird. He suggests that his lawyers tell him not to ask about the content of these documents. Well, he's president of the United States right now. He has the ultimate security clearance now. It's not as though this is information that he shouldn't have access to. Sorry, Mr. President, you just don't have the clearance for this. Also, if his lawyers, in fact, have the security clearance that allows them to legally handle these documents, which is in question, they also have attorney-client privilege with Joe. So they could, he could, they should be advising him. They work for Joe or they work for the president of the United States, one of the two. In any event, they should be advising and informing the president of the United States fully on this matter. This is a pretty big deal if we're to believe the way that these very same people reacted when it was a Republican president accused of having done this. There's no such concern. None of this is by accident, ladies and gentlemen. They are rabid hypocrites. Not surprising, just thought I'd point it out. So just to illustrate how differently the media and the left are taking this story, these are their rules. These are their rules. They, they wouldn't have set up their rules and feigned outrage over Donald Trump's uh, so-called mishandling of classified materials just for political purposes. Would they, they wouldn't have done that. They, they, they clearly were... Um, honest and earnest about their outrage correct it has to be i wouldn't no 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 as illustrated by this clip from uh, cnn 
I believe it was, a former CIA lawyer named Brian Greer was on, and he's he's trying to explain the difference, why what Joe Biden did is no big deal. It's no big deal. It's, you know, accidents happen. They give Joe Biden the benefit of the doubt. The hags on The View are all going, well, Donald Trump is a liar and a thief. We know that. And a thief's liar and a thief's liar and a thief. So we did, okay, yeah, one of them went into public service and came out poorer, and another one went into public service and came out rich. Wasn't rich, came out rich. And uh, the one who did that is not the the liar and the thief. That's ah, just unbelievable. I don't know how Joy, Joy uh, Behar can be so stupid and Whoopi Goldberg can be so stupid. I, actually, I do know. They're just stupid people. What I don't get is there's nobody at ABC in the entire food chain of things going... We can't have stupid people. It kind of damages the brand to have absolute morons on our television network saying wildly stupid things. Maybe we should consider doing something different with this time. That I don't get. Anyway, listen to former CIA lawyer Brian Greer desperately scramble. I think I'm not sure if he's a, a CNN contributor or just scrambling to become one. Talk about how it's it's different. It's different when our team does it because everybody knows that Donald Trump is a monster, essentially. And Brian, you said uh, you've told our producers that there is uh, a danger in overcriminalizing mishandling of classified information. Explain that. Yeah, because of the criminal statutes that are out there that are old and quite vague, almost any mishandling case could potentially be shoehorned into a criminal investigation. Um, but going back to my prior point, because this type of mishandling happens all the time, and now it's become such a political football with all three uh, last presidential candidates being investigated, I do worry about, um, while we need to take this all seriously and it needs to be investigated, I do worry about over-criminalizing it, things that should ultimately be security violations sometimes. Um, those should be handled you typically by, if you're a federal government employee, being disciplined or fired. But um, launching these full investigations that become political footballs is dangerous because it can dis- disincentivize people um, from serving in the federal government. We want it, But we do want to incentivize them again to do the right thing, which is report it when it happens, and not to do the wrong thing, which is to conceal and obstruct, which is what Trump did. Yeah, damn Trump, the way he concealed... And obstruct. How did he conceal and construct and obstruct again? By uh, allowing the National Archives unfettered act every time they ask for it. Well, okay, fine. Come back and look at the document. That's the kind of obstruction. If that's obstruction to Democrats. My God. But it's it's different. It's different. Look, it's accents. Accent. We way classify way too much. Now, keep in mind, we still don't know what's in the the Trump documents. We don't know. We've heard wild speculation. Nuclear codes, which is garbage. They don't put that stuff. Memo. Dear Mr. President, let me just tell you that we've got nuclear codes here. Here's the password. It's password 1234. We've never changed it and we'll never change it. So make sure you uh, don't leave this piece of paper anywhere. Just uh, read this, memorize it, and then throw it away or eat it. Anybody believe that? We also don't know what was in the Biden documents. But one, these people don't care. They just don't care about it. And the other one is dangerous. Dangerous, a threat to democracy. And my God, it must be destroyed. The person who did it must be Everybody must be destroyed. There's hell to pay. 
The hypocrisy is something to behold. But you can see, I don't think Democrats necessarily care about this story being out there since they are able to control it. The president is able to come out and read a statement full of lies about it. And then the media goes, well, we have no, we're out of questions. We're out of questions. We have no fun. It's amazing how during the Trump administration, it was nothing but follow-ups. It was nothing but interrupting the president while he was giving the answer to the first question with a follow-up question about, hey, wait, 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 no, 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 no. It was the Jim Acosta show out there flailing around like one of those wacky, wavy, inflatable arm guys going, no, 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 fire. This is ridiculous. What are you doing? And with Biden, they come out and say, well, I've got a list of questions that have been screened by my staff. And uh, yeah, go ahead and ask me that question that I have the answer to written out by my lawyers on this piece of paper in front of me. And the media all dutifully go, all right, we'll do it. We'll play. At, At one point, you'd think one of them would go, this is a little embarrassing. This is a little embarrassing. I should probably, I don't know, ask a different question. I know what they're expecting, but there are other things in the news. I'm going to ask, I mean, you'd be ruined. You'd be done in the uh, the media business, but you'd at least be able to live with yourself, for God's sakes. Anyway, at that press conference, in addition to the classified documents coming up just once, with no follow-up, the Mexican president, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, said something to President, but he thanked him. Now, this is telling. This is a trip. This has finally got Joe Biden to go to the southern border for the first time in his entire life. The first time in his entire life, after lying about having gone to the southern border a lot. He lied about going to the southern border an awful lot throughout his career, and he lied about it as president of the United States. The uh, very historic Karine Jean-Pierre lied about Joe Biden having gone to the southern border. They lied about it, big time. Nobody called them out on it. They didn't care. The president of Mexico thanks the president of the United States, not for his uh, invaluable partnership in trying to stop the drug trade that's killing 100,000 Americans every year. No, not for that. Not at all. He thanks him for a very specific reason, a different reason as well, that actually empowers and enables the drug trade and should, and under normal circumstances, would embarrass a decent human being if they were serving as president of the United States. But since we're dealing with Joe Biden, there's no no risk of that. What is the issue? Listen to it for yourself. You? President Biden, you are the first president of the United States in a very long time that has not built not even one meter of wall. And that, we thank you for that, sir. And that we thank, is obviously the translator, but then that we thank you for. You haven't built one meter of new wall. Thank God for that. Why would the president of Mexico be thankful for that? Well, because it allows the drug cartels to move their product through pretty easily. It allows the drug cartels to smuggle their human product through pretty easily. 
The Mexican government doesn't want all those drugs staying in Mexico. The Mexican government wants the money that those drugs... Oh, what money? You think the, the drug cartels are paying taxes? No. But the drug cartels do spend money. And say you make, uh, I don't know, $5 million illegally and pay no income taxes on, and you don't really have to worry about the local government coming in and trying to arrest you for tax evasion because you've got your own personal army and you'll blow them all to hell. Um, but you got five million bucks, you're just raking it in millions of dollars upon millions of dollars. Guess what you can do? You're going to spend that money. You're going to go out to eat. You're going to buy cars. You're going to buy houses. You're going to buy all the transactions. You might not get the income taxes from the illicit activity, but boy, how do you get the uh, the ripple taxes of spending and doing things with that money? And given how corrupt the Mexican government is, I imagine there's an entire industry in Obrador's government that is uh, on the take. Oh, can you? how can you say that? Well, because I'm aware of history, and I know that the uh, Third world governments tend to be wildly corrupt. You know, when, they, when the drug cartels have more money than government and have a better funded military than the government, they also pay off a lot of people. Are they paying off the president of Mexico? I don't know. But I suspect that if the president of Mexico really, really wanted to fight a war to try and shut down the drug cartels are pretty certain that the president of Mexico would lose, right? There's a reason none of them do it. There's a reason none of them really, really try, right? What I don't get is the reason why the United States government doesn't try, because while the Mexican drug cartels do have a lot of influence in regional and national governments down in Mexico, we are the United States of America. We should have more influence than them, and if need be, if the Mexican government isn't really all that interested, and, and every once in a while they, they just uh, arrested El Chapo's son, they put on a show. Now the, they're fighting the cartel there to a stalemate. They won't extradite El Chapo Jr. to the United States because the cartels have said, we'll kill all of you if you do, and they said, all right, fair. You can't really have... A functioning country with that kind of stuff going on. But you also, to combat it in any way, shape, or form that is serious, would require a United States that was interested in the issue, that was interested in stopping the flow of drugs and people. The people are paying a fortune to the cartels for them to smuggle them into the United States. The sex trafficking, see, there are a lot of people coming here because they want to live in the United States. They want to work, whatever. I don't care. They don't, coming here illegally, I don't, I don't care why. There are also a bunch of people who are simply along the way and or from their villages. They are abducted and, and sold, forced into the sex slave trade. Children, by and large. Democrats don't give a damn about them either, which is rather disgusting. Not surprising. Look at Hunter Biden. A lot of the hookers that Hunter Biden was hooking up with were, um, I don't know if they were underage. They were certainly Eastern European seemingly sex trafficked. Just just saying. Um, 
So the Biden family has to tread very lightly when it comes to pretending to care about such issues. So they they don't really want to stop the drugs. They don't want to stop the flow of humans. And they don't want to stop the flow of sex trafficked humans. The Mexican government doesn't want to stop any of those things either because they don't want them to stay in Mexico and make things worse. And they can't stand up to the drug cartels without the help of the United States, which we just covered doesn't really have an interest in stopping these things. If we wanted to stop the flow of fentanyl, we couldn't stop the entirety of the flow of fentanyl. But we could put a massive dent in it. Moreover, if we had a president with uh, a real genuine concern for this and uh, care for human beings, and remember, Joe Biden doesn't even acknowledge one of his grandchildren, so it's not like he's the most caring person in the world as much as he likes to pretend he is. The president of the United States could declare these cartels to be terrorist organizations, could offer military assistance to the Mexican government, and if they refused it because of their corruption or fear, could act anyway. We know where these drug smugglers live. We know by and large, and if we don't know better than by and large, we should, and I think we could in pretty quick order. We know how these drug smugglers, where they manufacture their product and how they transport it. We have the ability to send in, say, Apache helicopters, if you don't want to do troops on the ground, to level these establishments. Once they're declared to be a terrorist organization responsible for 100,000 deaths of Americans every year, it would be absolutely justified. But they don't have an interest in that. Every single one of those 100,000 deaths add up to not giving a damn. They add up to one illegitimate Hunter Biden child the family simply doesn't care. It is amazing to me. Joe, I don't expect to acknowledge the kid because he doesn't care, but you'd think that maybe Jill would, I don't know, care. That maybe one of the aunts and uncles would care. Maybe maybe Hunter would care. There isn't a single human being named Biden who gives a damn about this kid. Doesn't care at all. The only interaction... Hunter has ever had with the, the mother of the kid, aside from making the kid, is denying the kid is his and then trying to stop child support or get child support cut while selling half a million dollar pieces of art and access to his father. These people are bad people. And meanwhile, 100,000 people a year die of drug overdoses. The only way Joe Biden would ever care about that is if one of those 100,000 people was named Biden. And given the uh, reality of just how bad of a parent Joe Biden was and how abusive of substances and other things that at least two of his three kids are, and God knows what the grandkids are like, there's a real possibility that one of these Bidens will end up like that. If I'm Joe Biden, I'd act preemptively, if only out of selfish reasons that I don't want one of these kids to end up being one of those 100,000 people. But Joe doesn't care. I give you my word as a Biden. That means he's a bad person. So when the Mexican president is thanking you, thank you for not putting up any borders 
to obstruct the flow of human beings being smuggled or drugs being smuggled or money being smuggled back. Thank you very much for that, Mr. President. That's not a good thing. That's a red flag, or at least it should be. Not with this guy, though. Kind of tells you something, doesn't it? Meanwhile, as Joe Biden is making a fool of himself and us on the international stage and enabling drug and human trafficking, you and I are having difficulty traveling throughout the United States of America. Why? Because our government had complete and total failure. Let's see. They're gradually resuming uh, today. But the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, had their computer systems crash this morning. The FAA is working to restore notice-to-air mission systems. We are performing final validation hours ago. It took hours to do this. It shut down air travel across the country. We don't know where Secretary Mayor Pete was at the time, but every time there's been a major issue that deals with our infrastructure, Secretary Mayor Pete has been on vacation. With the rail strike looming, Pete Buttigieg was vacationing in Portugal, because why not? For the supply chain, which is still ongoing, by the way, still, when you go to the grocery store, look and see if there's baby formula there, and you will not find a lot of it. Look and see if there's children's Tylenol. You won't find any of it or a lot of it at least and if you do you know if you know somebody with kids call them and see if they need it because you have stumbled across a diamond in the rough when that was all going on secretary mayor pete was on paternity leave for two months nobody noticed nobody did anything so all of air travel shuts down this morning and i'm so glad i'm not flying anywhere this is why i hate flying in general aside from it just being uncomfortable, my knees not fitting in those, the, the, the leg room. I hate flying because of all the hassle. You got to get there an hour beforehand. And then you need an hour to get out of there and blah, 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 blah. And like, all right, well, it's a, a four-hour journey for a one-and-a-half-hour flight, whereas it's a six-hour drive. I think I'll just drive. But uh, Secretary Mayor Pete has been a complete and total failure. But in keeping with this administration's policy of holding nobody to account for anything and nobody's responsible and nobody was in town that month, he's still enjoying his government-funded private jet travel and uh, living the dream. Pretty sick. Not surprising, but pretty sick. Lastly today, I want to play you a bit of a... It's a very long... Not a very long clip, but it's a longer clip than usual. Because I want to show you what being a former Republican is like. And being an MSNBC Republican is like, I've talked extensively about these people like Michael Steele, Jonah Goldbergs of the world who have sold out everything they seemingly cared about. Everything they, they, they made a fortune, they made their names swearing to us that they cared about these issues, X, Y, and Z. Now, you know, if, could, you, could you name one thing Michael Steele is uh, conservative on? This is a legitimate, honest question. Can you? He's the former chair of the RNC. And you see him on television talking about things as though you go, are you sure he wasn't the chairman of the DNC? Is is that who he is? Is that what he did? There should be 
I don't know. You can evolve over time. You can change your opinion on things over time. It happens. Everybody learns new things or has different life experiences or whatever. You go from there. But the wholesale flip on everything all at once or even over a very short period of time, as Michael Steele appears to have done, yeah, you begin to suspect that maybe it wasn't principle. Or maybe it's not principle now. Or maybe the person never had principles. All those stereotypes about politicians, they'll say anything to get elected. They don't really... You sit there and you go, no, 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 no. They, I think they believe X, Y, and Z. When it comes to these cable news conservatives on liberal networks, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that Michael Steele ever believed in anything. Or the, it, it, there's a couple of choices. He believed in everything that he said he did when he was chairman of the Republican National Committee and everything he did and said, believed in to get the job. And then it just all changed. Or he never believed it and he doesn't believe what he's saying now. Or he never believed it and uh, he always believed the leftist stuff and now he's finally free to, to say it. Not many other options. Or it's just that he never believed in anything and he goes wherever the paycheck is the biggest. That's actually probably most likely, to be honest with you. Knowing how these people in Washington work, that's the most likely. But uh, Joe Scarborough is the same way. Oh, I'm a super conservative. I was conservative. And he still insists that he's conservative. But the things that happen that are good for conservatives that he campaigned on back when he ran in 1994, and there are now conservative victories on, he looks at it and goes, that's oh, embarrassing. It's terrible. Nobody's more pro-life than Joe Scarborough back in the day. And now, hey, uh, this overturning of Roe v. Wade's a tragedy for women's rights. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it changed on abortion. Well, the Republicans, they only care about cutting taxes and they only care about the economy. Oh, that's new for Joe, too. Oh, these Republicans talking about having a military that's ready rather than a military that knows everybody's proper pronouns. These damn... Wait, that's new, too. Everything about Joe is new. Big parts of his wife are new, too. But that's beside the point. So listen to Morning Joe talk to Chuck Schumer. He's begging him to protect him and the country, his audience, his paycheck, from those evil, dastardly Republicans who just took control of the House of Representatives. And keep in mind as you listen to this that these are the people who tell you that democracy is under threat. Democracy is under threat from these evil Republicans. Republicans took control of the House of Representatives at the express will of the American people, where they got significantly more votes for all of their House candidates than Democrats did for theirs. But suddenly, the people doing their their bidding, doing what they were elected to do in democracy, is now a threat to democracy. I don't know how you square that circle, but that's how these people work. And if you're an MSNBC viewer, you're dumb enough to not question it. I, I'm going to ask this question as a conservative, uh, a guy that, you know, we've worked together in the House. We've known yes. each other forever. You know, I'm a conservative guy, right? Conservative Red Sox fan. I know you well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a lot of people like me that have been driven away from the Republican yes. Party. And we are fearful of the next two years. So let me tell you how some conservatives that I know who used to vote Republican are fearful of the next two years and want to know what you and what the Senate can do to protect 
the institutions that keep Americans safe. Right. Like we, we've already talked about attack, the attack of the IRS from Republicans saying yeah. that they're yeah. going to gun down and kill uh, small business owners. It's a total lie. Of course it um, is. But but people that helped that were instrumental in helping Kevin McCarthy become Speaker of the House have been pounding the FBI and have been talking about defunding the FBI, defunding intel agencies when these are the agencies that push back against Chinese espionage, against Russian espionage, against our enemies' espionage. And the same with the U.S. military. You have Republican colleagues in the U.S. Senate that have talked about how the U.S. military is weak, how they wish they were more like Russia's military. <laughs> you have the most watched uh, people uh, uh, on cable news talking about how U.S. military helicopters used in Afghanistan are going to attack Trump supporters. They attack the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. I talk about all this because... Yes, it's radical. And yes, we know they're going to lose 2024 if they continue this radical anti, I say, anti-American approach, attacking our men and women in the military, our men and women in intel. What I want to know is a conservative who's scared of these people who attack our military and our, our FBI uh, professionals. What can you guys do? What can you, you, you senators do to protect America from the extremists that put Kevin McCarthy in power so they don't slash the military budget, so they don't attack the FBI, so they don't defund the FBI? What, what can you guys do? Well, we certainly aren't going to let them defund the FBI. Well, we certainly aren't going to let them defund the FBI. That was one question, a question if you could find it in there. It was not edited in any way, shape, or form. I wanted you to hear the whole thing, and I thought I could cut this into 15 pieces. But I wanted you to hear it it's in, in its entirety. And then ask yourself, well, how is Joe Scarborough a conservative? He prefaces the whole thing, I'm a conservative. He, he spent the last, what, three months of the election going, well, it's a threat to democracy. Republicans are threats to democracy. Republicans won through democracy. And now Republicans governing the way that they won or the, on the things that they won on is a threat to democracy. Democracy itself is the biggest threat to democracy. I can't wait for one of these idiots to explain one time. How is it that democracy itself is the biggest threat to democracy? How did that come to be? When did that happen? What in the hell happened to this world that democracy, democracy itself, is the biggest threat to democracy we face these days. I can't wait for the 2024 campaign where Democrats are running on that. Because what you could you could almost hear Joe Biden saying it because it's stupid and it doesn't make any sense. And Joe Biden to get confused with democracy is being threatened by democracy. But Joe Scarborough isn't senile. He's just corrupt. He's a fraud. He's not senile. He's not even particularly dumb. He's crazy like a fox. He's making a fortune, right? That's tempting to call him dumb, but he has managed to turn his shtick into a wildly profitable enterprise, right? He can keep Mika into the lifestyle in which all of her medical professionals have become accustomed to. So, you know, I mean, maybe that's just part of the deal with uh, MSNBC and their health coverage, but it's just very interesting.
Were they lying then or are they lying now? I don't, I don't know. Does it matter? Not really. They're lying. That's the important thing to remember. Don't trust any politician. Never be blindly loyal to any of them. They ain't going to return the favor. Anyway, that's enough for today, I think. Have yourself a wonderful day. We'll be back to wrap it all up again tomorrow. Thank you for listening.